听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Reed。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文学英语。今天让我们一起来听英国诗人威廉布莱克的一句话，接着来欣赏英国文学巨匠威廉莎士比亚的一首诗歌 ，Sonnet Two When Forty Winters Shall Besiege Thy Brow， 十四行诗第二首，当四十个冬天搅扰你的眉梢。最后为大家选读的是中国学者林威所写的文章《语言与社会身份》（Language and Social Identity）。More to read， 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。In seed time, learn; in harvest, teach; in winter, enjoy. William Blake. 春天学习，秋天教导，冬天享受。威廉布莱克。威廉·布莱克是英国第一位重要的浪漫主义诗人、版画家，是英国文学史上最重要的伟大诗人之一。其主要诗作有诗集《纯真之歌》《经验之歌》等。早期他的作品简洁明快，中后期的作品则趋向玄妙深沉，充满了神秘色彩。他一生中与妻子相依为命，以绘画和雕版的劳筹，过着简单平静的创作生活。后来，诗人叶芝等人重编了他的诗集，人们才惊讶于他的虔诚与深刻。接着是他的书信和笔记的陆续发表，他的神奇式的伟大画作也逐渐被世人所认知。于是，诗人与画家布莱克在艺术界的崇高地位从此确立无疑。我们今天听到的这句话出自布莱克的诗歌《The Proverbs of Hell》，地狱的箴言。该诗选自布莱克的散文诗集《天堂和地狱的婚姻》。作为布莱克精神和思想的体现，他认为事物的对立统一和互相依存构成了天堂和地狱的婚姻。他说：“没有对立面就没有进步，吸引与排斥，理性和活力，爱与恨，都是人类生存所必须的。”在《地狱的箴言》里，布莱克讲述了政治、宗教、法律。行动实践、感情和生活的辩证法，布莱克含义丰富、警示深刻的归戒之词，是诗人智慧经验的结晶。他对社会人生观察的目光犀利、精深，语言冷峻，智慧与理性、讽刺与幽默双面闪光。In seed time, learn; in harvest, teach; in winter, enjoy. William Blake. 
春天学习，秋天教导，冬天享受。威廉·布莱克。Forty winters shall besiege thy brow, William Shakespeare. When forty winters shall besiege thy brow, and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field, thy youth's proud livery, so gazed on now, will be a tottered weed. Of small worth held, then being asked, where all thy beauty lies, where all the treasure of thy lusty days, to say within thine own deep sunken eyes, were an all-eating shame, and thriftless praise, how much more praise! Deserved thy beauty's use, if thou couldst answer, this fair child of mine shall sum my count and make my old excuse, proving his beauty by succession thine. This were to be new made when thou art old, and see thy blood warm when thou. Feelst cold. Twenty-fourth-Psalm. 当四十个冬天搅扰你的眉梢，在你美丽的乡间深挖下战壕，你青春的骄傲，要么不桥，要么化身风雨飘摇的杂草。若被问及你美在哪里，在那富裕的日子，足足有余。你深沉的眸子用来诉说迟行不休、铺陈不奢。你的美尤当讴歌。若你能答，这孩童尽略我数，我垂老亦得宽恕。他秉承着的玉容，是你老之将至的发明。虽死更生。以免温血如冰。我们刚才听到的诗歌
Sonnet Two: When forty winters shall besiege thy brow. 出自英国著名文人威廉·莎士比亚，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人米亚牛为您朗诵。十四行诗又译作商赖体，为意大利文 Sonetto， 英文 Sonnet， 法文 Sonnet 的音译，是欧洲一种格律严谨的抒情诗体。最初流行于意大利，比特拉克的创作使其臻于完美，又称比特拉克体，后传到欧洲各国。而莎士比亚的诗作则改变了比特拉克的格式，由三段四行和一副对句组成，即按四四四二编排，每行诗句有十个抑扬格音节，以形象生动、结构巧妙、音乐性强、起承转合自如为特色。常常在最后一副对句中概括内容，点明主题，表达出新兴资产阶级的理想和情怀。莎士比亚十四行诗第二首是诗人对他青年男友的劝告，劝他结婚，让他的孩子把他的美貌的青春瑰宝继承下去。最后两行可以说是全诗的总结：一旦有了继承人，他的美就能获得再生。他的青春热血也会再次沸腾。时光无情是个老主题，但莎士比亚在诗中运用了生动的比喻，意象清新，不仅为这首诗增添了诗意，还使这首诗富于哲理。诗人为什么要劝说她的男友结婚？有很多说法，我们在此也无需追究。重要的是，我们应该知道，莎士比亚在这些诗行里反映了两个重要观点。一是时间是无情的，它能毁灭青春美貌；二是美是可以继承的，自我放弃是永远的自我保留。Sonnet Two: When forty winters shall besiege thy brow, William Shakespeare. When forty winters shall besiege thy brow, and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field, thy youth's proud livery, so gazed on now, will be a tottered weed of small worth held. Then, being asked where all thy beauty lies. Where all the treasure of thy lusty days, to say within thine own deep sunken eyes, were an all-eating shame and thriftless praise, how much more praise deserved thy beauty's use, if thou couldst answer. This fair child of mine shall sum my count, and make my old excuse, proving his beauty by succession thine. This were to be new made when thou art old, and see thy blood warm when thou feelst cold.
开了，就像睡醒了似的；鸟飞了，就像在天上逛似的；虫子叫了，就像虫子在说话似的。一切都活了，要做什么就做什么，要怎么样就怎么样，都是自由的。我是轻松调频主持人莫涵。和轻松调频一起，在生活中感受阅读之美。Easy FM, we are the difference. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 林威是杭州师范大学外国语学院翻译研究所的特聘教授，在澳大利亚获学士、硕士和博士学位。曾任教、任职于中国外文局、澳大利亚塔斯马尼亚大学等，并赴美国、欧洲和日本等地大学任教和讲学，主要从事汉英翻译教学与研究，经常自写自译，有多部著作和译作出版。那么，在今天的节目中呢，我就为大家选读一篇由林威所写的文章，《语言与社会身份》（Language and Social Identity）， 中文版本。由轻松调频的主持人念希为您朗读。语言与社会身份 ，language and social identity。一个人的语言与其在社会中的身份其实密不可分。记得我在澳大利亚生活时，一位邻居要竞选议员，他便每天早上起来练习发音，以令自己的讲话让人听起来悦耳、有身份。A person's language and social identity are, in fact, an inseparable entity. When I was in Australia, as I can recall, my neighbour practised his speaking every morning, making it both pleasant and a privilege to hear, for the purpose of getting into Parliament. 的确，语言是一个人社会身份的标志，特别是在多民族、多元文化的社会里。所谓身份。也是一种知识结构，表明你来自那个社会群体的文化背景、知识程度，甚至地理位置等。Language is indeed a marker of social identity, especially in a multi-ethnic and multicultural society. The so-called identity may also be considered as a knowledge structure, identifying cultural background. Knowledge level, or even the geographical location of the social group the person belongs to. 语言会影响对于相应文化的认知。例如，有人调查发现，对于讲双语的中国人，在用中文问到其关于文化观念等问题时，他们的回答显然比用英文问他们此类问题时显示出更多的中国人的做派。有意思的是。当讲广东话的港澳人被用普通话问到关于中国的文化、信仰等问题时，他们的反应往往比听到用广东话问到此类问题时的回答更接近西方人的表述。Language may also affect our perception of the cultures we're involved with. For instance, an investigation reveals. That bilingual Chinese responded well to questionnaires tapping issues of cultural values in a more Chinese manner when the items were presented in Chinese than when they were presented in English. Interestingly, when receiving instructions in Mandarin, 
the Cantonese-speaking Hong Kong and Macau natives responded to questions regarding traditional Chinese culture and beliefs in a more Western-like approach compared to their responses when surveyed in Cantonese. 其实，对于学习外语的华人来讲，大部分的还不是真正意义上的所谓双语人，而是双语使用者。后者是在语言与表达层次，而前者则是思维与生活习性。但是，这个过程并不是静止的，而是可以转换的。Most foreign language learners of Chinese would not be considered bilingual in the truest sense; they would be deemed only to be the diglossic. In a way, they are merely practicing their skills at basic linguistic and expressive levels. True bilinguals, on the other hand, have already merged themselves into the two languages in terms of thinking and a way of life. The two processes, however, have never stalled and are consistent in their continued transformation. So, language learners are learning is actually a social relationship, a relationship that they understand across space-time. Therefore, they are not only learning about language. We're actually engaged in nurturing a relationship with the social world, and deciding how that relationship is constructed across the limitless context of time and space we understand. The issue of social identity, which is more multiple and subject to change, is therefore one the language learners have to deal with no less than the linguistic identity. Research also shows that a person's speaking style is not fixed. 而是随着社会环境和讲话对象而变化的。一般来讲，个人讲话有一种趋同的倾向，即随大流；但有时也会有趋异倾向，即显示自己的特征。譬如回到北京时，我的北京腔自觉就浓了很多；而我的英国朋友在澳大利亚时，其英国腔保持的格外明显。Research has also revealed that a person's style of spoken language is not merely composed of fixed elements of an individual's language use. It varies depending on the social setting and the conversational ways of the interlocutor. People's speech styles generally tend to converge, becoming more like that of their peers or conversation partners. Although sometimes they diverge, showing their prominence deliberately. I myself, as a native of Beijing, find that whenever I return to my home city, my native accent just naturally restores itself. A friend of mine, native British, when he was in Australia, as I observed, had an especially reserved speech manner, prompting his Englishness, whether consciously or subconsciously. 人们对于异国文化的适应程度与对其母语的关系，有着积极与消极的两面性，因人而异。有的人在积极投入其他主流文化的同时，有意削弱自己的母语能力；有的人反而更加强突出了这方面，认为是一种优势。
An individual's acculturation may also impact their native language shift, with positive and negative consequences depending on the person who may opt for a different approach. While actively participating in the mainstream culture, some may intentionally diminish their native language competence. Others may strengthen the ability as one of their advantages. 一般来讲。若某一社会群体所讲所用的语言是为社会所尊敬的那一种，如在英国，以女王为代表的贵族所讲的语言，会有更高的社会优越感，而其成员也会有意显示出与众不同，以保持其正面的群体特性。当然，也难免会有他人向这一群体的讲话方式靠拢。Generally speaking, a social group will gain a higher prestigious social status if its members communicate through and use a respected language that has wide public appeal, such as the language used by the aristocrats in England, most notably by the Queen. The members of social circles are also willing to display their divergence to maintain positive group distinctiveness. Surely, some others may also intend to associate themselves with the speaking style of this privileged group as well. 一个人的语言还可成为他人对其进行评判的对象。据研究，可以从中判断出其社会地位、教育程度、善良与否、智力、能力，甚至财富等。A person's language may also become an evaluative subject with which perceivers can infer his or her social status, educational background, benevolence, intelligence, ability, or even wealth, and so on, as certain research has suggested. 可见，语言对个人之意义。如果说服装是人的形体修饰，那么语言便是人的综合价值的外在体现。所以，语言就不应当被视为仅仅是一种工具，而更应是一种素质。All in all, the implications of one's language can be seen as the manifestation of an individual's inner comprehensive values, in the same way the clothes adorn the body. Language to a person, therefore, ought never to be seen as merely a tool, as it has always been perceived, but more importantly, as a necessary quality. Language and Social Identity, by Lin Wei. A person's language and social identity are, in fact, an inseparable entity. When I was in Australia, as I can recall, my neighbour practised his speaking every morning, making it both pleasant and a privilege to hear, for the purpose of getting into Parliament. Language is indeed a marker of social identity, especially in a multi-ethnic and multicultural society. The so-called identity may also be considered as a knowledge structure, identifying cultural background, knowledge level, or even the geographical location of the social group the person belongs to. Language may also affect our perception of the cultures we're involved with. For instance, an investigation reveals 
that bilingual Chinese responded well to questionnaires tapping issues of cultural values in a more Chinese manner when the items were presented in Chinese than when they were presented in English. Interestingly, when receiving instructions in Mandarin, the Cantonese-speaking Hong Kong and Macau natives responded to questions regarding traditional Chinese culture and beliefs in a more Western-like approach compared to their responses when surveyed in Cantonese. Most foreign language learners of Chinese would not be considered bilingual in the truest sense. They would be deemed only to be the diglossic. In a way, they are merely practicing their skills at basic linguistic and expressive levels. True bilinguals, on the other hand, have already merged themselves into the two languages in terms of thinking and a way of life. The two processes, however, have never stalled and are consistent in their continued transformation. When learning a language, we're actually engaged in nurturing a relationship with the social world and deciding how that relationship is constructed across the limitless context of time and space we understand. The issue of social identity, which is more multiple and subject to change, is therefore one the language learners have to deal with no less than the linguistic identity. Research has also revealed that a person's style of spoken language is not merely composed of fixed elements of an individual's language use. It varies depending on the social setting and the conversational ways of the interlocutor. People's speech styles generally tend to converge, becoming more like that of their peers or conversation partners. Although sometimes they diverge, showing their prominence deliberately. I myself, as a native of Beijing, find that whenever I return to my home city, my native accent just naturally restores itself. A friend of mine, native British, when he was in Australia, as I observed, had an especially reserved speech manner prompting his Englishness, whether consciously or subconsciously. An individual's acculturation may also impact their native language shift with positive and negative consequences depending on the person who may opt for a different approach. While actively participating in the mainstream culture, some may intentionally diminish their native language competence. Others may strengthen the ability as one of their advantages. Generally speaking, a social group will gain a higher prestigious social status if its members communicate through and use a respected language that has wide public appeal, such as the language used by the aristocrats in England, most notably by the Queen. The members of social circles are also willing to display their divergence to maintain positive group distinctiveness. Surely, some others may also intend to associate themselves with the speaking style of this privileged group as well. A person's language may also become an evaluative subject with which perceivers can infer his or her social status, educational background, benevolence, intelligence, ability, or even wealth and so on, as certain research has suggested. All in all, the implications of one's language can be seen as the manifestation of an individual's inner comprehensive values in the same way the clothes adorn the body. Language to a person, therefore, ought never to be seen as merely a tool, as it has always been perceived, but more importantly, as a necessary quality.
。感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目，您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。